0: We got a good friend returning to the program. He's been a little busy, but before we get there, got to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor, and that is the Expat Money Summit 2022. Head to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash expat, where you can go ahead and grab your free, yes, I said free tickets to this amazing virtual summit taking place November 7th through November 11th, five days 30 expert speakers hosted by our good friend Mikhail Thorup from the Expat Money Show. And he is hosting this year's Expat Money podcast where he promises if you watch for a week, you will reap the benefits for generations. Folks, I am so excited to have today's guest We're returning to the program. Now, he's unfortunately um, coming to us via phone today. Well, it, it, he's on his computer, but no video because he's uh, running not on a landline. So that being said, Eric Brakey, the renegade states himself. Welcome back to The Brian Nickel Show.
1: Hey Brian, it feels like it's been forever. How you doing, brother? I'm I'm doing good.
0: I'm I'm trying to zoom out here and bring up there we go. There's Eric Brakey. Um yeah, There's I have your, your smiling picture. Mug,
1: whether uh, even if it's even if it's still.
0: <laughs> we'll make it work, but uh, Eric, my friend, thank you for joining the program. So excited to have you back in the show. You've been so busy up in Maine. You're Obviously, our favorite renegade statesman, because you are the host of Free America Now, uh, the the great podcast that it is. But also, you're running for state senate once again up in Maine. Talk to us, Eric. What's been going on since we last had you here on the Brian Nichols Show?
1: Yeah, I've been knocking a lot of doors, talking with a lot of voters. I am running to reclaim my state senate seat that I held in Maine for, I, I held it for two terms in the past from 14 to 18, and I... Left. Uh, I, I stepped aside from that to run for U.S. Senate and Congress over two terms. Neither of those races worked out how we hoped, But we did get the message of freedom out there and I think inspired a lot of new activists who are making a difference uh, today. Uh, but, yeah, I am running to reclaim my old state Senate seat. It's been great to reconnect with a lot of my former constituents. Uh, hopefully will be my constituents once again after this election cycle. And boy, people are hurting out there inflation is 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 really hurting people i mean it's universal from from truckers to soccer moms was i go door to door everyone is talking about the price of gas is concerned about how they're going to afford their next fill up in maine we're looking at you know gas station just down the road for me we're looking at five bucks and 21 cents a gallon for the lowest grade gas um Boy, it's it's all of all of the warnings about inflation and the out of control spending and the printing of trillions of dollars out of thin air that us libertarians have been warning about for decades now. It's all coming to a head and nobody outside the liberty movement seems to have any idea how to talk about this. And, uh, you know, it puts us in a great position where we are the ones with the answers because we are the only ones who understand how we got here.
0: I had a tweet today that went a little semi-viral. It was a, a retweet that was, uh, I'm sorry, it was a tweet that I, I say, uh, I basically retweeted it, but it wasn't a retweet, it was a screenshot of a tweet, but in essence, it was a retweet. I'm getting to the weeds. It was Peter Schiff. And it was back in in 2020, March of 2020, to be exact, talking about what would be the consequence of printing trillions of dollars. And oh, by the way, also arbitrarily shutting down an economy. And the answer, yeah, rampant inflation. It might not be right away, but you'll feel it sooner rather than you think. And uh (laughs) uh-oh, rather sooner rather than we think happened a lot sooner than I think we thought it was going to happen. I remember talking to my father-in-law, I think last summer, and he's like, do you really think inflation is going to hit that soon, Brian? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And he goes, I don't know. Everybody, every C uh, CNBC person I hear, they're you know every Jim Cramer, inflation that's not even on the uh, the horizon, but it's real. People are feeling it. And now, what, what is it, eight point six percent? We saw the inflation hit back in May. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. This inflation that was supposed to be uh what was it? It was uh uh transitory inflation, it's turned into a uh, pretty stuck and not really transitory at all in any nature, has it, Eric?
1: Well, in the long run it's all transitory. Perhaps that's <laughs> something John Maynard Keynes would say, right? Um yeah, but no, for for us who are living in that moment of transition as as long as it might go on and I think what we're transitioning towards is uh you know the 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 value of our dollars is transitioning out of our wallets and our bank accounts and and our paychecks um and that way it certainly is transitory um yeah it's it's uh, you know I, I think for a lot of folks who are working in the policy area i mean the answers are pretty darn clear to me in terms of what you need to do on the federal level to stop inflation uh the the answers perhaps are not going to be listened to or taken action upon but the answer is pretty pretty simple audit the federal reserve abolish the federal reserve put america and the us dollar back on a gold standard so that the politicians the political class cannot manipulate the currency like they have done over the course of the last 50 years that have brought us to this moment of uh, you know where we're teetering on a, a currency crisis that would be the thing that needs to be done on the federal level they'll never do it because they will never give up their control over um the ability to reach into our bank accounts and 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 take uh, the 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 value of the money that we earn um but on the state level it's a little bit harder to talk to people about you know what 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 can we do right. to protect people from inflation i say we've got to deliver immediate tax relief for local people so I would like suspend the gas tax, suspend you know things, uh, uh, sales taxes on on basic life necessities until inflation is under four percent, and that's just a band aid to be to be clear. But then long term, if inflation is too much money chasing too few goods, because of course, as you said, and Peter Schiff pointed out, we shut down and crippled our productive capacity as an economy to produce goods and services so there's less to go around while flooding the economy with all this these trillions of dollars of newly printed um, newly printed money of course we're going to see prices skyrocket so we've got to tackle the money problem and we have to tackle the production problem we have to get people back to work we have to uh, uh ha- we've got to lift the the job killing uh uh regulatory policies that are making it impossible for people to uh, uh, to produce goods and services like we were before, we need to put work requirements on welfare benefits for able-bodied adults without kids, to pushing them to get back to work and off the sofa. We're having—I know in Maine—we're having huge labor shortages, shortage problems. I'm sure that's not unique to Maine. So these are things we can do on the supply side of the problem, uh, and then on the money side of the problem, we, we've got to push for honest money. Uh, every state legislature in this country should pass a resolution demanding that Congress audit the Federal Reserve, demanding that their delegations to, uh, that their state delegations to the U.S. House of Representatives and to the U.S. Senate, uh, co-sponsor and pass an audit of the Federal Reserve. That's where it begins in holding this corrupt monetary system accountable.
0: This, this might be like a little bit off topic, but let's just kind of focus on your district in Maine because I'm 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 curious and I'm sure a lot of the, the listeners are curious as well because I'm I'm wondering if your area is kind of more of like the uh, that kind of purplish area that goes one way or another from year to year. Um, I'm seeing you know for example my home district in northern New York where I grew up it was pretty squishy back and forth you know it switch red and blue pretty consistently for for a number of years until. The past five years, it's been consistently red. So I was wondering, what, what does your district look like? And are are you getting a positive feedback when you're going out and speaking to people? Or are you getting some pushback? Because I know I have had some guests here in the show. And if they're in traditionally blue areas, they are, in fact, getting some pushback from some some folks that I think we would traditionally think might be empathetic to our our ideas and our, our values, but they just get stuck in the political discourse of the day. So I'm just curious, what do what you see in there, Eric?
1: Well, there are certainly always going to be people who believe whatever the talking points are of the Biden White House, that this is all Vladimir Putin's fault and ignore the man behind the curtain printing trillions of dollars out of thin air. You know, d- don't pay any attention to him. There, there are going to be people who listen to those talking points and take their marching orders there because they cannot see beyond this veil of tribal of political tribalism. And that's a shame. But there are so many folks in the middle who are receptive and trying to figure out what's going on and looking for answers. I will tell you, you ask about my area, my Senate district that I'm running to represent. Uh, It is a big swing district in the state of Maine. In fact, it's kind of the swing district in the state of Maine. It's predicted control of the uh, Maine state Senate in every election for the last 14 years so whenever Republicans have won the state Senate seat they've been in the majority whenever Democrats have won the state Senate seat they've been in the majority um, it's so it's the bellwether um I, I've you know when I've won it in the past I've won it pretty handily about 60 percent both times because I get out I go door-to-door I develop kind of personal relationships with my constituents one-on-one funny I'm how doing that again've knocked on yeah well politics is personal you know and and that actually is encouraging to me that you can kind of override these kind of partisan sentiments by just being a human being with people, knocking on their door, listening to their concerns, and talking in good faith about how we might try to develop solutions. And the solutions I'm always proposing are are based in these principles, these principles of more freedom, more liberty, not more government. So uh, yeah, I'm out doing it. 500 doors in, I've got plenty more to do, uh, but but I every single conversation. It's the price of gas, the price of heating oil, the price of groceries.
0: You're running with the big R next to your name. Oh, there it goes, there you go. I I hit the wrong button. I forgot you're not with us actually on the phone today. Um, so we got the nice picture of you. This is, by the way, Eric's uh, Twitter profile picture for anybody who was wondering where this amazing, amazing picture came from. But uh, Eric, um, I I wonder when you're looking at moving, you're we're moving forward to like this. 2022 election that I feel and I think everybody else feels it's going to be a pretty big red wave right and I don't want to count you know the the chickens before they hatch however we're seeing because of all the the all the the wet dream policies basically of anybody in, on the progressive left over the past few years that they've gotten in place It's, it's yielded not only the exact opposite of what was promised, but it's really turned off a lot of people who would traditionally be on the Democratic team. We're seeing, uh, you know, Hispanics just. Departing the Democratic Party en masse. And that uh, we just saw here as we're recording today down in Texas. I forget the lady's name, but, um, the, I think she's the first ever, uh, Mexican born, uh, woman to win a, a, seat. And she's a Republican, um, down in, in, Texas for, I think it's a congressional seat. So, or no, state Senate. Sorry. Just like you, state Senate. So we're seeing there is a change and there is definitely some, you know, m- we're seeing the, the, the red <laughs> starting to, to, to peak out, but, is, is it going to be enough? And I, I ask that because we've really taken a hard hit over the past few years. We're seeing, and you, we've gone through the inflation hitting home for so many people. We've seen, um, what it's hitting at the gas pump. And now we're seeing the the you know, housing market, that's gone up a couple percentage points just in a few weeks. So it's going to be hitting a lot of different areas too. And we're going to be going into this looming recession. Uh, we're going to be hitting that plus stagflation. So will the red wave be enough to to kind of hold us together as we go through some very tough
1: times here over the next few years? Well, you know, a red wave is good and all, but it really depends on what kind of Republicans are riding in on that red wave. You know, if all if all we do, and I'm I am very glad that the progressives and the Democratic Party and just all the politics that they've embraced these last couple of uh, several years as they've abandoned pretty much anything that was ever redeemable about them you know they love war now they're against civil liberties like anything that you liked about them in the you know the george w bush era is gone in fact they love liz cheney now they love the warmongers they love uh all these uh uh you know neocons they want them in their party well they can have them and we'll take the regular working class people who are getting sick and tired of this stuff um but if if um If all that happens in this election is the pendulum swings back, this is what happens time and again, right? The pendulum swings blue and then it swings red. It goes from the Democrat establishment to the Republican establishment. And let's be clear, Democrats and Joe Biden in particular and Nancy Pelosi and those making these big spending decisions in Washington, D.C. right now are absolutely responsible for the inflation that we're seeing right now. And so are the big spending Republicans who have done the exact same thing whenever they've been in charge. If we had just Rand Paul's and Thomas Massey's in you know the Republican caucus in Washington DC, then you know the Republicans the Republicans on the federal level would be great. But it's so important, that's why it's so important that in these primaries, People have to vote. People have to find liberty candidates and support them. And, you know, if we get more, if Republicans take over and we get more liberty folks in there to join Massey and Rand Paul, wonderful. Um, at the same time, I doubt we're going to get such a critical mass of liberty folks in Congress this go around to have the kind of, of real disruptive change that we need to have to get our country back on the right track which is why I think the state capitals are are where the real fight is. Because, you know, I experienced this when I ran for Congress and I had a very good shot of being uh, the the congressman from Maine's second congressional district. If I'd won that primary, I probably would be today. Um, But the establishment did not want me. They spent half a million dollars in negative attack ads against against me to, to stop me from winning that primary. And we got the establishment candidate who ended up losing in a district that Trump carried. You know, go figure. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've realized it's such a fully guarded fortress of corruption in Washington, D.C., that it's just so hard to penetrate with enough people to make the dif- the difference there. But we as a grassroots movement, we do have a competitive advantage and our sheer numbers of and people who are willing to run, and if we run, run people for these state legislative offices, they can't stop all of us. And the state and the state legislatures have more power than most people realize. If the states stood together, in you know, worked with each other to to nullify the wars with defend the guard, to nullify unconstitutional spending through tax nullification, and and pushing for. An audit of the Federal Reserve and changing legal tender laws. There are so many things we can do from the state capitals in the in the in the immediate term to fix these problems. So I think that's where we've got to focus, and that's going to be the story that is always underreported because everyone likes to talk about Washington D.C. The focus is always there, but look at what happens in the state capitals this November. That's where the fight is.
0: Yeah, and and thank you for focusing on the importance of talking about the uh getting involved, the liberty candidates getting involved, especially in a primary level, because that is where the real changes is, is needed. Because right now, I mean, you want to talk about a real pain in the back. It is the GOP and the Democratic establishments. They are truly the the pain in the back of America. If only America had Today's episode sponsor, our other episode sponsor, and that is Ebels. Yes, I've been using the Ebels freeze gel for the pain in my back, Eric. Um, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. I had a friend here whose parents' house got hit by some tornadoes. Um, now thank goodness everybody was a-okay, but we had lots of trees out there that had to be chopped up. And, you know, me, I just, I'm chopping the trees up. One, taking the log, I, I twisted the wrong way and all it took was that to, to send my back into a tizzy. Thank God I've been using the Ebels because it has seriously been saving me from like excruciating discomfort. Um, And I sit all day long because so I'm on sales calls all day. So I don't really get the chance to move too much unless I'm out and about walking around. So being able to have this in the back pocket was great. So folks, if you want to go ahead and get 15% off your order over at Ebels and start your pain-free day uh, future today, go to brianickleshowcom forward slash eBulls. And when you're at checkout, use code TBNS. And yeah, you'll get 15% off at checkout. One more time, that's code TBNS, Show.com forward slash evils. All right, Eric, I have to ask you, uh, because I'm curious your thoughts. Now we talked about the Liberty folks running in the GOP and, and that is important. That's what you're doing. But we saw over the past, uh, few weeks here, a couple of changes have taken place in, in both national politics and also state politics, because now the Libertarian Party has been, uh, it's really gone back to more Libertarian roots. And we've seen with the, uh, the election of Angela McArdle and the Mises caucus down the ballot. I know she got 69% of the total vote, but we've seen a big change in the Libertarian Party, especially in terms of messaging. So, hey, we might see the Libertarian Party actually be a a vessel that some weary liberty uh, advocates or or, liberty curious folks can now start to gravitate towards. What are your thoughts? Do you see the Libertarian Party being as a viable means now to go ahead and actually get more liberty warriors elected to both state as well as federal office?
1: Well, I'll say this. First of all, more power to them. I respect anyone who is getting off the couch and getting out from behind Twitter and Facebook and going out and doing liberty activism in the world. Um, it's it's a good thing. Uh, as far as the Libertarian Party goes, I mean, you know, I had that big debate with Dave Smith about this. Yeah. I, I, you know, hey, it's great. I'm glad to see kind of a more Ron Paul message kind of at the center of the of the LP. But that doesn't really change the structural problems of our electoral system. That disadvantages third parties. It seems like if, if the goal is to, if it's beyond just messaging and education, if the goal is to actually get people elected and change policy through, you know, getting liberty champions elected to state capitals and to Congress and to the White House or what have you, the LP is just not a very effective vehicle for that because it's, it's a rigged two party system. Um, I, I, I really think that where the, where the, the best place where we can make a big difference is, is in the primaries for the Republican party. There are plenty of Liberty candidates running around the country and, uh, and they need the support of, of Liberty voters and Liberty activists to win those primaries and go on to uh, win their general elections and then pass more constitutional carry across the country, pass school choice, uh, 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 pass defend the guard and bring the troops home there's so many things we can do there and the gop is just under the rules of the uh, under the rules of the road as they stand right now the gop is a more effective vehicle yeah we're
0: not going to rehash that old debate because uh if if folks really want to dig into it we was over on lines of liberty right
1: yeah that was over on uh with Mark Claire. yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: So make sure folks, if you're interested, go check that out. It was a uh, Dave Smith and Eric had a great conversation. And I, I personally, I think I'm torn. I've been torn. I think good ideas at the end of the day aren't enough. And you do need to use the best platform that's available to you, be that the Libertarian Party or the GOP. Um, I don't really see the Democratic Party being a viable means to really advance liberty based solutions right now. Hopefully in the future, it'll get better, but. With that being said, I absolutely hear you. Um I I am cautiously optimistic though, and I will tell you why. Because I see a third of Americans who are completely uh apathetic from the or agnostic that is from the political infrastructure and they are there's uh, what is it? Half of Americans total last election cycle didn't even vote. So we have a large group of people I think we could touch base with right now and as we always talk about, meeting them on the issues they care about and part of the things I think they're really focusing on and caring about is that there's just this exhaustion from the left versus right conversation and that there is a demand, almost a a hunger for an alternative. There is a a desire for something to be different. We've seen this with the way Elon Musk has been approaching politics. We've seen the the likes of Andrew Yang in his politics. I mean, heck, the the Libertarian Party by the the kind of nature of of its itself is the alternative to the the, the two party system. Now that's not enough, right? It, there there's a lot more that goes into that. And to your point, there's a lot of barriers that have held the Libertarian Party back. But thank goodness we're at a point. I would say the technology has advanced enough that we're overcoming a lot of those barriers and making a lot of those barriers almost obsolete in, in their their uh, attempt to hold back third parties like the Libertarian Party, especially when we're reaching tens of millions of people beyond the uh, the traditional political infrastructure or the political uh, corporate infrastructure that'd be going through the mainstream media. We're, we're having a lot more ability to reach your average person one-on-one, podcast, you, what you're doing, going out, talking to people face-to-face, especially in those state and local elections. That does so much more than any add dollar spend you could possibly do, and, and that is where we're going to win, and I think it's going to be, at the end of the day, a lot of party agnostic, which is a good thing, so with that being said, Eric, we're unfortunately already hard-pressed for time, and uh, folks, I want them to go ahead and learn more about your amazing campaign up there in Maine, yes, you're running for state senate back in Maine, your old seat, and we're looking to reclaim that and put a good liberty warrior back in the uh, the state capitol in Maine, so Eric, where can folks go ahead and find uh, you, number one, to uh, follow you on social media, but also learn more about your campaign.
1: Breakey4Senate.com is the website. Go there. Check us out. Chip in five bucks. It's appreciated. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at Senator Breakey and on Facebook at uh, Eric Breakey for Maine Senate.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and give it a share. And when you do, give Eric a tag. And also, please go ahead and give yours truly a tag as well. Also, remember, please go ahead and sign up for the Expat Money Summit. Uh, 2022, BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash expat. And if you have all those aches and pains and you want to get your Ebel's freeze gel, BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash Ebles, Use code TBNS at checkout for 15% off. Eric, any final thoughts for the audience today?
1: Let's restore our freedoms, restore our paychecks, restore our constitution, and kick the uh, corrupt, tyrannical bums out of office.
0: Can't agree more, my friend. All right, folks. Well, please do me a favor. If you're uh, here on the podcast, well, make sure you click the artwork in your podcast catcher, which will bring you to today's episode, where you can go ahead and find all of Eric's social media. Please go give him some love and uh, give his uh, content some uh, some shares. Also, if you're interested, please, yes, go ahead and support his campaign. Uh, the, the donations absolutely help us reach more people, and it'll help Eric reach more people up there in Maine as he's Uh, pursuing his uh, seat there back for state senate also folks if you're here on the youtube well make sure number one you hit that subscribe button so you're not missing a single time that we go live And, and to be sure just hit that little notification bell uh as well and by the way did you check out our awesome conversation yesterday we had chris widener he joined us he is joining uh, president trump on the american freedom tour and we talked about the art of influence how if you are winsome you might actually win some and oh by the way eric i asked the, the super important question is President Trump running for president in 2024? If you want to go ahead and find out the answer there, well, you got to click uh, right here. The, uh, the the video will pop up here for our YouTube watcher. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. I'll see you over there. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for the renegade statesman, Eric Brakey. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com
0: today.